Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Well, good morning. Happy Canada weekend. So you see, I wore my Canada colors. Colors. We've been out of the country for three weeks. We just got back last week, and I'll tell you, I love Canada. Canada is the home of the brave and the free, from dominion, from land, from sea to sea, right? She's beautiful. So happy Canada weekend. Welcome spot on. We are glad. I don't care if there's lots of distraction with the kids. I love it. How about you? I mean, bring it on, spot on. I mean, we want you and we need you. So, you know, um, last, about a month and a half ago, maybe, Delaney preached a message on fear. It was great. And, and fear to me is something, because Joe and I coach people in business, we encounter it all the time. And I don't know if you remember a book called um, Purpose Driven Life by uh, Rick Warren. He said that there's 365 verses in the Bible about fear. One for every day of the year. And so it must be a pretty important topic. Would you agree? So I just suggest that you go back and listen to what she says. We're going to build a bit on that today, but we're going to take a look at the scripture, Joel 2, uh, 2 verse 21. And in your bulletin notes, by the way, you've got a title that says, Build Your Wings. The point that it is, is build your wings on the way down. And we're going to get into that, but you might want to put in that title, On Your Way Down, because we're going somewhere with that. Joel 2.21 says, Fear not, here we go again, one of those verses, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that word, O land, out, and I want you to put your name in there, and I'm going to get you to do something loud, and that's shout your name when I say, fear not. Oh, can you do that? It takes a little bit of guts for some of you. I know, where some of us are interested. Uh But can we try that? So, fear not, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, but not good enough. Let's go again. Fear not, oh, yeah, you got it. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Oh, I believe you. I really believe you. For the Lord will do, yes, that's our God. He wants to do great things. You see, he has great things in store for you, and uh, he's blessed you with dreams and desires uh, some of you already know that. There, there may be a vision of what your calling is, or maybe there's a dream you have what you want to be when you grow up. Maybe there's something burning in there, but God, my finances, they should be here, but they're not yet. Maybe there's just something in your heart that calls for um, a person that you've been waiting for that's passionate about Jesus, a partner, uh, someone that loves him. But you know Feel a cloud, that vision. Doubt has a way of paralyzing us sometimes or draining our faith and bringing us to a place of unbelief. It's one of the greatest weapons I believe the enemy uses. And so to be aware of it is great. And Delaney did an amazing job about that. So building your wings on the way down is just about that. It's about facing your fears and moving through them to faith. So we're going to take some lessons from the eagles. And, you know, when you think of eagles, uh, I had so much fun preparing this because I didn't realize there's so many scriptures. Uh, There should be some in your bulletin about the eagles. 
um, we can't go over them all for sure, but you know, when God created the, this bird, he created a bird that was known for its power to fly higher than any other bird. He, he created a bird that um, it's known for its strength, its courage. It's, it's, um, it's known for its excellence and its bravery. And he must have had so much fun. You know, just feeling the power, because there's so many different parts of God, isn't there? There's his love, there's his mercy, there's his strength, there's his power. I just love it. He's got it all. And in the, in the bird of the eagle, he put that in there. So uh, we want to take a look at one reference, though, and, and it's the first lesson we're going to talk about today is that eagles build their wings on the way down. And the scripture that I uh, took out of the message this time was Deuteronomy 32.9. Thank you. Um, God himself took charge of his people. He took Jacob on as his personal concern. He found them out in the wilderness in an empty, windswept wasteland. He threw his arms around him, lavished attention on him, guarding him as the apple of his eye. He was like an eagle, hovering over its nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings, lifting into the air, and teaching them to fly. Oh, God. I'll tell you where this phrase comes from. So some of you might know, some of you don't. It's not really important. But John Maxwell may be a name you know of. I got certified by him because of his values. But what's, this is a phrase that he's coined. And it's when there's something in your heart you know God has spoken to you about, but you're afraid to do it. And, and it's all about stepping out in faith and doing it anyway. Like getting that doctrine, Andrea. Just doing it anyway. And stepping out of the nest is when the wings find what they're made for. So John was a pastor um, years ago. His first church was 34 people. Doesn't sound impressive by the world standards, does it? But he went on to build mega churches, and uh, actually he just came back from teaching the leadership of his third country. You don't know what God's going to do with you at this point. Spot on. You don't know what God's going to usher in through your life. Three countries he's taught leadership, and they're godly principles. So that's where this phrase comes. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Just get out of the nest. And so we start doubting his promises when we start looking at things that don't line up with what we've heard. So we look at the circumstances or whatever. We look at the problems in our marriage or we look at the good things in our marriage. Um, when I think of, of Joe, I think of, you know, um, his, his faithfulness, his stability, his strength. What else did you tell me to say, Joe? <laughs> But we can look at the things that aren't so good about our spouse, or we can look at the things that aren't so good about our finances, can't we? Um, but there's a name we want to come back to, and Delaney mentioned it this morning. It's Jehovah Jireh. Say that with me, Jehovah Jireh. Now, some of you may be familiar with that. It means God provides. Jehovah provides. And, you know, we always apply it. I shouldn't say always. Some of us. Have applied it to finances a lot. Well, you know, I don't have this this month, but Jehovah Jireh. And yet, Abraham coined it when he was going to sacrifice his son. And God came along and said, hey, look over there, this lamb. And Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh. So, you know, it's a good one to take to the areas of our life that need faith from time to time. So, coming back to... This little picture you see here, the baby eaglets, lesson number one, eaglets build their wings on the way down. And life is pretty sweet for these guys in the beginning. They've got this gorgeous soft nest, you know, life is good, I'm happy. And they've got this 
wonderful little comfort zone. And then, um, and, but when you think of what's underneath this comfort zone for them, there's sticks, there's stones, there's broken branches. But the mama eagle, she pads it with things to make it very comfortable for her eggs so they don't break, and baby. And so she, she takes, um, uh, you know, some wool, she'll take some feathers, even fur from animals she's killed. And she comfort makes this a nice, comfortable nest. And I think life is good, yeah? And all of a sudden, she takes one of her little guys, she pushes him out of the nest. I mean, think about how you would feel. You've had this gorgeous comfort zone all your life so far, and then all of a sudden, ah! Like, Mama, what are you doing? Have you lost your senses? Have you gone crazy? I'm going to die. And then she swoops down, and she picks him up, and she puts him back. Oh, my goodness. I don't have to call EPS. That's Eagle Protection Society. Mama's come to her senses. She's going to be okay. Uh, and then she does it again. Until that little eaglet does what? Finds its wings. It builds its wings when? In the nest or on the way down? On the way down. And life is like that for us, too. Um, you know, there comes a time when that bird's got to fly, and that's when he finds his purpose. And that's because she's got plans for that baby in the nest when that egg comes. She's got plans. It's going to be a dynamic, brave, uh, powerful eagle not to sit in the nest. And it's not going to happen when, we, when um, the babies are coddled too much, right? So we find um, your destiny, it's not in the nest. We, we'd like to stay there. It's comfortable. Everything's pretty good. Life is sweet. Um, one of the things Joe and I do is we mentor people starting a business. So they're getting a business off the ground. They've had 10 weeks of education. Every time, almost, except they're, if they're a web designer, they're afraid to launch the website. So about a year and a half ago, there was a lady. She had two businesses. Um, uh, you can look her up, Harmonious Results. You won't mind me sharing this. Um, she did human resources on one part of her website, and the other part was she was an artist. She wanted her art to be part of her life. And um, Joe looked at her, and he asked her some things about her website, and he, he says, push the button. Just do it. Push the button. Because what stops us is what? Fear, doubt, concern about failure. Um, you know, and those kind of things, they drain what God wants to do in our life, too. So, is there an area of, you know, um, in your life that you think, God spoke something to me. It was a word of faith. He gave me a vision of where I could be or what I want to do or what He wants to do through me. But we let the circumstances and other things in life drain us. You know, for example, Crosspoint, let's take that as a good example. We're going to go all right out of our comfort zone into two services. Um, it's not going to be easy in some ways. We can look at, oh gosh, we're going to need more volunteers. It's going to be a challenge. Um, we're not going to see every, everybody every Sunday. Or we can say, God's doing this. I'm going to build my wings. My destiny's not in that nest. So in, so then another area, uh, a lesson from the eagles is they have excellent vision. And that's where I was starting to allude to. The eagle vision is, they say, amongst the best in the animal kingdom. They say it's four to five times, four to eight times better than a human's. And they can spot a rabbit 3.2 kilometers away. And, and so when it comes to vision, again, this is something so dear to me because um, we, I watch people, and if their vision is clear what they want to do with their business, they're going to be fine. But if it's not, it's the circumstances in life that just bury them. And, and we can be like that as Christians as well. 
Um, but, you know, Proverbs 29:18 says that people can't see what God is doing. They stumble all over themselves. But when they tend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And another translation some of you may be more familiar with is that without a progressive vision, the people dwell carelessly. Whatever translation you use, the message is God wants his people to be a people of vision because he is. And vision will always come first. Always. We get caught up in the how-tos and how's it going to happen? How's Crosspoint going to survive with two services or whatever? How am I going to make this miracle happen about my finances? How am I going to attract the right soulmate? Um, when God says, what's your vision? What do you want in a soulmate? What do you want in a church service? What do you want out of your Christian life? And what do you want out of the destiny you think I placed in your heart for you, for your family? What do you want about household salvation? It's in the Word. It's, there's promises made there. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Mike Hyatt. Nelson Publishing, you might have. So about back in 2000, Mike Hyatt was um, thrown into a department um, of, because his boss quit suddenly. And he found that it was really a, in dire situations. His a 14 division, his was in the worst shape. Revenue growth for the division had been, had been stagnant, flat for three years, solid. Um, and so it was the least efficient working of capital, etc. And his people were exhausted. And here's what most executives do. Okay, how are we going to dig ourselves out of this hole? And do you do that? Okay, how are we going to get ourselves out of this hole? How am I going to find that partner? We get into the how-tos. And so he said, no, I need to get away and get my vision clear. And then he came back with a statement he's somewhat famous for. He said, if you have a clear vision, you will attract the correct strategy. If you don't have a clear vision, no strategy will save you. So when I think of the vision of the eagle, it's sharp, it's excellent. What about yours? Because we let things water down our vision. The picture God gave us of who we're to be, who our family's to be, of, of so many things in life that he may have called you to step into a matter of faith. Um, and, you know, here's one more thing about vision, too. You know, your subconscious thinks in terms of pictures. Let me drive home the point if I can. Um, when you think of uh, a fridge, if I say, hey, Colin, your fridge, think about your fridge. You know, you think of where it is, if it's stainless steel, your car, what color it is, what make it is. You don't think F-R-I-D-G-E. You don't think C-A-R. We think pictures. So in business, and I think it should work in every area of your life, I, I practice this, do a vision board. Put the areas in your life that just give you a picture and put them somewhere where you can see them. Child, I was talking with Andrea really briefly this morning about child psychologists, when they can, um, they'll have children draw pictures of, to see what's going on in their life. It's an entire specialized area, she told of study, and so there's something about that. So, lesson number one, we build our wings on the way down. Sometimes we don't stay in the nest, right? That's not where our destiny is. Number two, eagles have excellent vision. Number three, they have excellent concentration and focus. Um, and, and this is a big one. Ask yourself what you tend to focus on. What is your focus? Is it the obstacles are in the way of your vision, your desired outcome. It's a powerful scripture. 
that um, really saved me as a young Christian, stayed with me all my life. It's Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is uh, set marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on who? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And you might know in another translation, is the author and finisher of faith. So the beginning and the end of your faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, because that's what he did. For the joy set before him, that desired outcome, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, I every morning, I try not to, unless I'm late, I don't get out of bed without saying, thank you, Jesus, for stripping yourself of your glory. Oh, it makes me cry so often. You know, he had everything at his disposal, and he laid it aside. Laid it aside. And he was, you think, well, that, he was God. I mean, he could handle those things. He was part man. And I'm so grateful because he knows what you feel, what I feel. He knows what it's like to have to keep his eyes fixed on the desired outcome. And guess what the desired outcome was? You. A relationship with you and a relationship with me. That's pretty awesome. And so he was able to endure. He was able to run the race that we are asked to run because of you and me. I'm so grateful. Ah, sorry, guys. So do we focus on the desire to come, the vision that God gave us, or do we cave? Do we step out in faith when all of the circumstances say, that ain't happening? Quit trying to be some sort of spiritual giant when everything is saying it ain't happening. Um, when you build your wings on the way down, you think you're going to die. But that's when you see gifts and things come out of nowhere. How many of you have ever had an experience where you did something and you went, wow, I didn't know I could do that? Is there anybody? Anyone? Where you just I didn't know I had that in me. If you haven't, you will follow what God is saying. And then you're going to discover talents and gifts and you say, God, you're amazing. I didn't even know that was within me and that you could use me that way. Thank you. May I not let it rot in the nest. May I be what you want me to be, oh God. So one of my um, favorite stories about this is Elijah. Elijah was told there would be rain at a time when there was a three-year famine in Samaria. And the three-year famine, I mean, could you imagine? We've had a lot of rain, would you agree? <laughs> I mean, I have watched my garden seems to be rotting a little bit. Um, but a famine, I mean, you take away the rain, and they wouldn't even have crops. And God told them there would be rain. So um, in 1 Kings 18.1, he says, After a long time, the, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. Now, before we read First uh, Kings 19, he didn't just go and all of a sudden everything cleared up. There was a lot that happened in between, huh? like 400 prophets of Baal, and you'll have to go in to read the story, but read the chapter in between 18 and 19. And this guy slaughtered to faith 400 prophets of Baal. And then he got back to what? The vision, the focus of what God told him 
about the land. And he went to King Ahab. It says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. So he didn't tell him to hurry. There's the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face in between his knees. So there wasn't the sound of rain, but God, he told Ahab there was. Uh, but he said, don't worry, there's a sound of rain, it's going to happen. Uh, and then when you see what happens, he, he says to his servant, go up and see if you see anything. Not once, not twice. But six times this guy goes up there and there isn't a cloud in the sky. Nothing's happening. And then the seventh time he said, well, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And so that's when he went to Ahab and he said, you better hitch up your chariot, boy. We're in for it. The rain's going to overtake you. And that's exactly what happened is the rains overtook them. But this is our God that we serve. He takes something from nothing where you see absolutely nothing happening that would say, this is the dream I gave you? Hold on to it. What's your focus? Because um, again, we can, we can look at those things in our life, um, like, our, like maybe our marriage isn't where we want it to be, but you're drawn to your most current dominant thought. And whatever you think about expands. And if you're not sure about what you think about, um, check your self-talk and check what others, what you're saying to others, because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaketh. So if you think all of a sudden you're speaking talks of anxiety, worry, stress, um, lack, because when we focus on those things we need and not the desired outcome, we go into a real want mentality and it dilutes our faith. You know, speaking of, I wasn't going to say this, but I think it's an important little principle about um, dilution. Do you know, uh, how many of you remember uh, or have seen pictures, kids, maybe of, of a lion tamer? He goes into a cage with a stool, which has four legs and a whip. Has anybody ever seen that? And you know why they would do that? Because the lion doesn't know what to look at when it sees the four stools, the four legs. And so it dilutes his aggression. And when you're looking at, I don't know if that's going to happen. And then somebody says something of unbelief to you, and you go, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm just, what's wrong with me thinking, you know, that God's going to come through that way? You know, like, though it will dilute your focus. And so what you focus on expands. Um, and, and there's no peace with that. When you're in want mode, God, you've got to save my family. God, you've got to help me with my finances. There's no peace. And it does dilute your faith. So uh, watching what we say is probably a pretty good indicator of that. You know, last year, um, I decided I was going to go for another certification in my life. And, and my daughter, I came home and there was this, this scripture written on my mirror. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland rivers in the desert. And there we go again. He's making a way in the what? Wilderness. There's nothing there. All evidence says forget it. You're crazy. At this age, coast. People my age are starting to coast. Just enjoy life a little bit. You paid your dues. Um, and then streams in the wasteland, rivers in the desert. And when studying became hard, I quoted that scripture. <laughs> I'm pointing to Andrea because she's going to get her daughter her degree in 
So I, that's the challenge, but I'm so proud of her. But you know, when you have that, that uh, burning in your heart, that scripture, it corrects things like, you're going to have to build another clientele, you know. You're going to have to get out and work harder again, you know. It combats that. And then so standing on the word, finding a scripture that was going to take you through the stuff, the, the negativity, the, you know, people that try to protect you and say, you shouldn't do that, Sandy. Why don't you go over here? It's easier for you to make some cash and have an exciting life or whatever. No, and you know, God is really blessed. But I'll tell you, I built my wings on the way down. I jumped out. Some of you want to learn how to speak. Some of you want to become a, even a teacher, a preacher. I'll tell you, the best thing you can do is set a date and set an event and then put your message together. Joe and I have done that. We had a 12-week program. We rented a hotel. We had everything, like all the costs. We were committed to skin in the game. And we didn't have what we were going to say. And it was very successful. You know, it worked out. But we built our wings on the way down. You have to then, don't you? You have to learn to fly or you're going to hit pavement. And Rolling Stones, I think it was them, wasn't it, Joe? Where they said uh, they would never have an album had they not booked the date in the studio. Build your wings on the way down. Let's do it. So, um... <clears throat> God loves when we put him in remembrance of his word. So when you take a scripture and you say, God, you said you're going to build um, rivers in the desert? Intellectually, it just bypasses my intellect. It doesn't even make sense. But he loves it. And in Isaiah 43, 26, he says, put me in remembrance of my word. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may be proved right. And you know, he was going to wipe the children of Israel out. Like at the beginning of the service, I talked to you about how the apple of his eye, he loves them so much. Oh, he loves his people. But he was mad. He had had enough. And Moses said, but God, remember your word. And this I know, even when you go to share the gospel with somebody who speak to the hand, I don't want to hear it, um, or they ridicule you, the Word of God will never return void. He said that. So find a scripture that gives you rock-solid uh, footing when you need it in that time. Talk about what God says about your marriage, what God says, not what everybody else says, not what your spouse says if they're going through a tough time. Talk about your finances that you lend, you don't borrow. Talk about that, that picture that God has given you and find a scripture and stand on that. Oh, what are we looking at? Or maybe, um, you know, like, what are we, jobs, our parents, uh, safety, security, a nest. Uh, you know, one of the things that we did a prayer workshop last year, and what really got to me is, is um, Michael talked about we can rescue ourselves, and that needs to be surrendered to God, too. And that comes, uh, I love the message this morning to worship, just the humility and the humble God, I need you. I sure don't have it together. None of us do. Um, but he does. And through, we can do all things through Christ. Beautiful. Fourth lesson by the eagles. They love the storm. Eagles love the storm. They get ready for it. They know before it's even happening. Uh, because they, they welcome the challenge. They, this gives them a chance to excel, to try out those wings that God gave them. And uh, they don't see just the challenge, but they see the opportunity. And to be able to shift over to that is a uh, habit. You can develop a habit instead of going, oh my, woe is me. 
God's in this, God's doing this, it's going to happen. I've got the new skills. So turbulent wings, here's what they do to an eagle. They cause the eagle to fly higher. Turbulent wings, they give the eagle a larger view. How about you? They, give, they lift the eagle above harassment. Nobody can get them. They allow the eagle to use less effort. They allow the eagles to stay up longer, and they help the eagle to fly faster. We don't want problems in our life. We don't want discomfort. But God says, that's where your wings are developed, and that's where you fly. You know, um, I was early 20s, and we had um, just a dire situation in our household. We had a pound of hamburger and no money to go to the store buy anything. So we had nothing. That was it, a pound of hamburger. I got a call from a lady, and her uh, fiancé was, was moving, and they were moving to another province. And so they had, he had an apartment full of stuff, and the landlord, was instead of the deposit, was just going to take it. Why don't you go over there? And they didn't even know what we were going through. And um, so we went over there. Guys, <laughs> it was like Christmas. When you don't have, you appreciate everything. I mean, there was cupboards full of food. There was a fridge that had some food. It wasn't full, but it was full, and it, it had food. And it, there was a gas barbecue, and they said, take it. Well, in those days, we're talking early 80s, we're saying that not a lot of people had a lot of gas barbecues. You were pretty well off to have that, and there we were. <laughs> it was so weird. And it was just a God thing. And he, um, there was a scripture that was holding us at that time, and it said, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But the righteous shall not be in want of any good thing. I can still quote that to you. I can tell you that story 40 plus years later. Because God is God. And the righteous shall not be in want of any good thing. You know the other thing that they gave us? Pass by my house. I have something I'm not going to use. Pheasant. They were all dressed up in this box. It was a gift. Yeah, no. We went from hamburger to pheasant. Come on. Is that not God? Yeah, God, you're so good. Uh, and the challenges that we may face going over into a new service, God's got pheasant. He's got the He's got the righteous shall not be in want of any good thing. Aren't you at least excited to see what he's going to do to help us grow? I am. I mean, God, you're on the move. Something's going to happen. So problems come, they go. Challenges come, they go. But you'll grow if you want. You'll grow if you focus on the desired outcome. And that's our God. Amen? So, let, can we just pray? God, we just are so grateful that you never give up on us. That you continue to live according to your name, Jehovah Jireh. That you provide in so many ways. I thank you for the people that are here today. That they are the apple of your eye. And I pray for your blessing and your favor upon them. I pray for visions with those dreams in their heart to be clear so that they can respond to your grace that comes from the Son. In Jesus' name, we love you. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. 
Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton, and you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.